You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm your host, John Whalen. Who are you? Who are you? A tenant. I don't suppose you're the super. Who are you? Today's episode guest has indeed run the gamut A to Z. E. Clayton Cornelius has graced the boards of Broadway an unbelievable eight times during the 20 years since his debut. The show then was Disney's The Lion King. And today, this Broadway ensemblist is bringing to life the electrifying story of The Temptations in Ain't Too Proud. Throughout the years, his career has spun the gamut, performing in everything from the Scottsboro Boys to a chorus line. In addition to his work on stage, he is a producer and investor on shows including Carolina Change and Hadestown. E. Clayton joined me over the phone to discuss how he keeps the momentum moving forward in his career, as well as how it is never too late to learn something new. Here's our conversation. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know where you are calling from. My name is E. Clayton Cornelius, and I am calling from Pittsburgh, PA. Be in New York City, just visiting family during the COVID crisis. 
And if you were back in the Big Bad Apple right now, where would we find you? Locked away in my apartment for one, but I am currently in the Broadway hit Ain't Too Proud on Broadway. So, yeah. And I did want to touch on that because you have had quite the expansive career stretching back something 20 plus years ending right now with with ain't too proud i kind of want to work backwards on that so where did your journey with ain't too proud begin my journey with ain't too proud started three years ago i had just finished doing the national tour of kinky boots i was actually sort of deemed i guess one of the first uh, standbys for lola on the second leg of the tour and i stayed with that tour for about a year and some months and right as I sort of winded down with that tour and said, you know, I think I don't want to do this anymore. I have done about nine national tours, <laughs> nine Broadway national tours. And I was sort of thought that that would be sort of not this sort of, you know, I love kinky boots, but I think where I was in my life, some personal things were going on and I just did not want to be on tour anymore. And I kind of was questioning where my life was going at that point and quickly started auditioning for Ain't Too Proud. Thankfully, the tour was sort of around the New York area. So I was able to go to every single audition and then actually even sort of drive straight to rehearsal from Kinky Boots to an audition for Ain't Too Proud and vice versa. So I made it work. I got into the cast uh, and and there you have it. That's that's sort of how that journey started. And I, I've been with, with Ain't Too Proud since the very beginning the reading around a table. Oh, that's incredible. So you were there while it was doing out of towns in Toronto then? Yes, yes. So I, I've been with the show since the very beginning around a, a table. I did the workshops. I did both workshops. And then we went to Berkeley Rep, obviously, uh, for five months. And then we did a three-month sort of uh, out-of-town, like over the summer, out-of-town sort of tryout at three different cities. And that was D.C., L.A., and Toronto. So I was definitely at everything. <laughs> and then finally, we came into Broadway because we, we couldn't find a house to go to, a Broadway house. And finally, we found one. So You're just in a holding pattern waiting to... Yeah. Oh, my God. It was the longest three years of my life. <laughs> I, I, I've never been with a show for that long waiting to get to Broadway. Here are, you know, the whole cast is, is wonderful. I mean, I really feel that the cast is filled with nothing but A-plus Broadway performers, and that especially that original cast. And we were just sacrificing our livelihood because we weren't getting paid very much as we were going through all the steps of the workshop to going to Berkeley to going out of town with it on tour. And we didn't really hit sort of production Broadway money until the last leg of our tour before we came into Broadway. So it was it's been a, it was a long financial journey for all of us who are used to sort of always doing a Broadway show. So it was a sacrifice. It's definitely worth it in the end. Oh, totally. And I think we all knew that. And that's the reason why we stuck with it. We knew what this show was going to be. We knew what it represented. We all were so proud of the work that we had put into the show, what we created. I've done eight Broadway shows, and and out of all my Broadway shows that I've done, even tour-wise, it's very rare that you have a cast that you love like family, and this is definitely... Like, I, I can't wait to get to work, to laugh, and to joke with the people that I work with, and that's a rarity, to go to work and loving every, everybody who you come in contact with. 
I love hearing that. Yeah, the, the actual show happens backstage. It doesn't really happen on stage. We're definitely family in that theater. That's so lovely. And and this this show for you in particular has has been a another professional milestone of sorts because you were the recipient of Ain't Too Proud's legacy robe. Yeah. Talk us through what what that is for anyone who may not uh, be familiar with it and then what that experience was like for you personally. So the legacy robe has been this 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 legacy that, that started way back in the days of yore and I think they say 1940s. There was a, a chorus girl who put together a robe and and, and presented it uh, put something from their show onto the robe and then presented it to the next Broadway show that was opening. So this has become over the years, this wonderful legacy that goes to the chorus person or the ensemble person who's done the most Broadway shows in that particular show. I thought that I was actually going to win this award for Scottsboro Boys. And it's always been a fantasy of mine to sort of win this 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 legacy. I, I never thought that I would actually hit it and, because there's always somebody who's done more shows than, than me in a, in a show until I sort of became the older person quickly after all these years. And finally, this show, which represented so much for me, I finally got presented with the robe on opening night. So it was it was such a treat. I, it felt so great to sort of like hit a milestone or like an honor that sort of represents the 20 years that I've been working hard in this industry. Is it as heavy as it looks? I know they're, each one's different, but <laughs> it is a, it when is, it gets enough shows built it, on. It is heavy. It really is heavy. All right. Having not worn one myself, I've just been curious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is that is congratulations on that. That is that is a, a beautiful honor to be bestowed. So well deserved. Yeah, it's so great that you get to carry that forward. Who did you get to then hand it off? I to? handed it off to my good friend T. Oliver Reed in Hades Town. So that was wonderful. And uh, funny enough, I was going to be there for opening night for Hades Town anyway because I'm an investor in that show. I'm an investor in Aim Too Proud as well. So I this year has has sort of represented me going down another road or another avenue as I'm now becoming a Broadway investor and a Broadway producer. You've checked off a lot of Broadway dream boxes, Legacy Robe, performing on the Tonys, original cast recordings. Many actors dream of achieving these things, one of them, let alone all of them. How do you wrap your head around all of these accomplishments and keep yourself motivated for getting to the next? You know, it's it's kind of mind-boggling the number of things that I have done. I, I sort of look back on it as a, it's like a, a flash. And, you know, a, a lot of people say, you have done so much. And I go, really? Have I, have I really, have I really done that much? I really don't know. But I, I literally constantly went from show to show to show since I've been 19 years old. And I guess because when I was younger, I, I actually used to hop shows a little bit faster, I guess I would say. There there was a time that I was with the show for six months or or for a year, but I always had the opportunity of walking into another production or another job. I've been blessed. And I've thankfully have been I'm not I'm not a kind of person who replaces a lot. You know, you go and you replace somebody in another Broadway show. I, I've been lucky enough to always create characters in a new show. I think my talent and my craziness and, and what I bring to the table, I think intrigues a lot of people where I can create a lot of characters, which in Ain't Too Proud, I play seven characters, seven different characters in the first act. 
And I'm sort of like the sort of funny man, the ATP, we call myself the ATP funny man. I'm the comic relief of the show because the show is so heavy with drugs and what they did and how they broke up and got together that I come in and and sort of make the audience laugh every now and again to relieve them of, of, of the heaviness in the show. So I've quickly been known now as the sort of this, this comedy guy. And, uh, and then I play a temptation in the second act. But over my whole career, I've just been creating and, and doing things of that nature. And I did have an opportunity to do a lot of things. I mean, I, I played a leading role in Wonderland with Frank Wildhorn as the Caterpillar. I've done a lot of standing by, understudying in, in shows. So I, I've literally worked almost every contract you can possibly think of from dinner theater to Broadway lead. And it's it's been an honor. It really has been. It's taught me so much. But it's taught me enough and ex it, it made me experience so much that it's pushed me into these other realms of, of my career as far as moving forward as an actor and moving forward as a producer and an investor. You know, you, you cannot but learn the other aspects of theater when you're in it for that long. Has it been the career itself that you've had that has inspired you to pursue these new endeavors? Or was that something always in the back of your mind? When you come to this town, when you come to New York City, you have to have a fire. And, and it has to be more than just, I want to get to Broadway and perform. Obviously, that is the the initial spark that happens obviously you want to you want to get to that to that level you want to get on broadway and that's that's the treat but you have to kind of think beyond that and you have to sort of i think this crisis is, is sort of telling uh for everyone that we have to not just rely on one thing we have to kind of keep thinking about the, our future and even though you get to that broadway show what's next is it tv is it am i really good at choreographing am i really good at directing there's got to be other aspects aspects of your life that are sparked as you're climbing the ladder and getting yourself to the next step. And you have to look out for that thing, you know what I mean? That sparks you to that next level because we can't stay stagnant, especially as creators and actors, we, we can't stay stagnant. I love that moving forward concept. So tell us a little bit about this new investment and producing uh, side of you that you're now diving into. <laughs> so I've, I've always been that, that kind of guy who's sort of been on it financially and always had very high ambition coming to New York. I think a lot of people didn't take me seriously when I first got here. I would have to say maybe I came in with a little bit of an ego to start with, and I got that slapped a couple times, and so now I'm very humbled <laughs> for the humbling beginnings. But I, I walked into a few agents' office and, and said, you know, this is what I want, this is what I want to do. And yeah, I think everybody should have that mindset. And so I think a lot of people really, truly were like, oh, here's this young Black guy coming in here. This is what he thinks he wants. I love when people tell me no, because then I want to prove to them that I can do it. So my dad was a big business guy. And you know, he always tried to point me in the right direction when it came to money, finances, and what was going to be the next step. I met my I have a business partner, I have right now three investment companies, a producing company, as far as incorporated myself as an actor. So I met my business partner in the first national tour of Lion King, we obviously had like minds, said one day that we would work together. And when I stepped into the room for Ain't Too Proud, that at the first day of rehearsal, I said, this is going to be something and I need to take all the money and experience that I've made in my career and I have to do something with it. So my manager, who happens to be a co-producer, I said, we have to get onto this project 
And that was my first investor spark, I suppose. And I worked my ass off and I, I wasn't shame. I, I basically went to the producers and said, like, how do I get on this? Like, what, what do I need to do? And I became friends with the directing manager at Berkeley Rep. And I, I do believe, you know, I have a lot of faith in, in my family and my religion. And I do believe that God pointed me in the right directions and, and have certain people in your life who sort of point you in the in those directions. And I became friends with the directing manager of, of a Berkeley rep and sort of connected me with people who then are now my colleagues and my business partners. And one show I got in the back door for investing on Ain't Too Proud. And then those people asked me to be on Hades Town, And then I worked my butt off and I made that happen. And I brought in another investor team under, underneath my company. And people started to sort of trust me and know that I have knowledge of the business and it just became this fast growing thing and then uh, all of a sudden I'm co-producing an off-Broadway show and I'm co-producing on a podcast which you can find on Apple Podcasts little did I know I'm part of the <laughs> I'm part of the cast that I co-produce <laughs> on it and I was co-producing and now I'm lead producer on a new play called Chicken and Biscuits written by Douglas Lyons wonderful things are happening with that and I'm like how did I get here two years later I started off as an investor on a Broadway show now I'm an investor on four Broadway shows MJ the musical Carolina Change, Hades Town, Ain't Too Proud, and now I'm I'm lead producer, one of the lead producers on a on a new play. It's like it's it's mind boggling. And you still have time to be in your Broadway yeah, show. Yeah, and in it's you're squeezing that little two and a half hours yeah, every year. It's and that hard. I think it's that hard work and that ambition that pushes me. I was so crazed one day. I remember telling someone, "I'm very late to places. No one ever listened to me." And even though I'm saying it, do not be late for places. <laughs> I'm very late to my wig calls. <laughs> all the time. So one day the show was starting and I'm not in the opening number of Ain't Too Proud. It's just the five guys, but I do sing on it. So I'm singing. I had to go to the bathroom. I'm emailing. I'm going to the bathroom and I have my wig on and half my robe on and I'm upstairs when I should be downstairs. And I go, what is my life right now? I emailing. <laughs> I'm on the phone. I'm singing the opening number of a Broadway show and I'm in the bathroom. What am I doing right now? But that's how crazy my life gets sometimes. And that's an insight into that backstage <laughs> show you were talking yeah. about. Sounds very entertaining. If Walls, if could, walls talk. could Talk. Looking back at your Broadway debut, you said you were 19? 19 when I first started working as an actor out of New York City. 19 years old in New York. Did you then imagine that your Broadway life? I knew that I had an ambition, but I never knew that I would end up where I am now with the career that I have. I came to New York with two full suitcases and a call. Can I, can I just tell you this quickly? So a chorus line basically started my career and I did a chorus line five times. I did it with Byrick Lee. I did it with Mitzi Hamilton. And Mitzi Hamilton called me while I was still in college and wanted me to audition for a dinner theater. I had just came off of the national tour of a chorus line, non, non-union national tour with Bayork. Our Richie got fired somehow. I ended up stepping into the role for a few months, but Bayork didn't want to keep me in that role. And I was very upset about that and decided to quit. I think she did not appreciate the fact that I wanted to quit. She thought that I should just stay in my place and go back to what I was doing, understudying. I guess she gave sort of like a, a little bit of a bad report back to Mitzi Hamilton because when I um, got a call from Mitzi Hamilton to come to New York and I came with two big suitcases and when I got there, she goes, oh, no, 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 you're auditioning, darling. So I 
<laughs> just came to New York, 19 years old, suitcases in hand, thought I had a job, but I was really auditioning for the role. So I had to get it. And it was only against one other guy, the one who was fired from the tour. So I did end up getting the role. And when I was in the audition room singing, she goes, you're not a flake. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> She goes, well, Bayark told me you were flaky. And I was like, she did. And I said, well, we didn't agree, you know, on some things on the tour. And I decided to quit. So I guess that's probably why she did that. And she goes, well, I just want to say you have the job. So don't let anything stop you. And me and Bayark are very close now. She is a, a doll baby. But it took eight years of Christmas cards to get her back on my side. She ended up casting me in the Broadway revival. So there you go. Well, I'm glad you got to unpack those those two. Oh suitcases. my god! Can you imagine going back home, devastated that I thought I had a job and I did? Speaking of these moments of humility and this, the smacks in the face, if you were, you have had some fantastic opportunities to shine in the spotlight. You had mentioned Lola as well as the Caterpillar. You had the Sister Act national tour. Oh yeah all of these in featured leading roles mm-hmm. going back into an ensemble in any way is that a humbling experience for you going between lead to ensemble to lead to ensemble and has it offered you a new perspective on yourself as a performer yes you know it's funny we i, I this conversation comes up a lot times are changing musicals are changing and i think maybe this is in the mindset maybe today but back when we were sort of coming up through the ranks when you got a lead role you wanted to stay there so you sort of if you got there early enough in your career it was a scary thing because if you're young and you get in a lead role in a musical and and eyes are all on you, where do you go from there? How do you stay in that position? Do you go backwards? You know, we all know that to be a lead sometimes in New York and just to get your footing and, and get your popularity so that people know who you are. And if you start saying no to ensemble stuff or whatever, you're not gonna work for a while if you're waiting for that continuous stardom, I suppose. And I'm glad it didn't ha- it didn't happen to me that soon. And when I finally did get my leading role, it was a very humbling thing, but it also scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I was doing anything right. I was just scared that I was finally at the point that I've always wanted to be, but I was like, am I even ready for this? I needed that experience to humble me a bit. And the show quickly closed. I was with the show for a little while, Wonderland, but it it quickly closed. And I learned so much from that experience, but it also taught me that I should not be afraid to take a step back either. Listen, we have to pay the bills. We have to do our thing to kind of stay in New York and stay sort of relevant. And even though I'm at a point now where I audition rarely. People call me for projects. I'm very lucky that that happens, but I'm still not at a level where I'm a lead and people look at me as such and and put me right in that spot all the time. I'm constantly fighting to, to get back into that sort of spotlight, but I'm okay with having a lot of featured roles. I, I, I have now said no to a lot of ensemble things, but now musicals are changing that everybody in the show is doing something. It, it's an ensemble 
ensemble piece. Shows are kind of now going from these big, large musicals to these small musicals, and they're looking for people who can do everything and who can do a lot of roles and things of that nature. So I think I've kind of put myself into a spot where I'm valuable all around. And maybe one day I will get to that big lead status or people will start really finally get to realize who I am or what I can do. But I'm okay if I don't. I believe that if it's meant for me, it's meant for me. And that's why I have these other venues now and these other investing projects and producing projects that I'm doing. So sort of to know that I can do a lot of other different things. And if I don't get the big leading role, and if I'm not in that spotlight, it's okay. I have an impressive resume. I still have done a lot of things and I'm very blessed to have been in those shoes. And yeah, so that's sort of how I feel about that. Thank you to E. Clayton Cornelius for sharing his stories with us today. The Ensemblist was produced today by Mo Brady, Anna Althead, Jackson Klein, and me, John Whalen. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and the second is by becoming a Patreon member. You can do that at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at our home of Broadway Podcast Network at bpn.fm. And be sure to follow The Ensemblist on Instagram. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.